This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. And welcome back to the MMCast, Masters of Modern Podcast. I am your host, Alex Kessinger, my co-host, Carson Massey. Welcome to, uh, I think, your third third uh, guest appearance. Maybe I fourth. So. I think it's fourth, because I think you were on the Academy Awards episode, right? Yes, I was. And then you were on the Whitney episode. I think you've been on this episode as as just yourself. Before, as just me, not, yes. Not in like large groups doing event content. Um, yeah. How are you? I'm doing good. Uh, it's my Friday. Uh, it is not legally Friday, but it is my Friday. Is it not so. legally? It's legally Friday in some places. In some places, but it's nine forty-four p.m. on a Thursday. That's on the west coast of the United States. It is legally Thursday. That's fair. Time zones are overrated. Uh, <laughs> as the United <laughs> States Senate is deciding, or I guess they're deciding daylight savings time is overrated. Which but is that's like even stupider than time zones time zones make sense i understand yes. why time zones exist like yeah. they could not exist like they don't need to we don't have to get into this we're talking about oh. magic the gathering on this podcast and very briefly i do want to thank uh, all of our sponsors specifically ultra pro who uh makes some of the best magic product you can you can buy uh for your day-to-day purchases as well as alter sleeves uh that if you use our uh, code the mmcast on altersleeves.com you can get really cool custom sleeves we are working on a very special alter sleeve that you can get on our patreon but we uh, can't talk about that yet but if you are on our patreon that is also a big help you get early access to these episodes 10 minutes early of content all for you uh and then uh we got we got another one but i'm gonna shout out the the last big sponsor and big news later later in this episode but uh we we are talking today so the internet discourse exists and it continues to roll forward uh, I had a good TikTok today where I talked about how the discourse on TikTok is following Twitter, where there's now discourse about the discourse. And by making that tweet TikTok, I made discourse about the discourse about the discourse. But uh, there is a conversation going on right now kind of uh, about the state of magic and specifically how I'm going to make a statement and Carson may disagree over the last X amount of years. Commander has become a larger, larger focus of magic to the extent that I would argue that it is the most forward facing and it is magic if you are to sell someone hey i played a game of magic the assumption could be or is now especially to newer players that you played commander over other formats of magic and that it has now become the main version of magic and all other formats though important are 
the next step below where at one point that was standard at other points it was limited um it was it has sadly never been modern one day <laughs> we'll overtake all these <laughs> I, all these I believe uh, in you. formats uh and people disagree if that's a good or a bad thing you know the even and specifically the rules committee the people behind commander don't think that's a good thing <laughs> and 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 maybe have argued that they don't necessarily even necessarily uh, think that's true but and so that's a little bit we're going to talk about is like, is it beneficial? Wizards is definitely making product in, in, in a way that, that that's happening. There was a big announcement about Command, Command Fest that we're going to be talking, excuse me, that we're going to be talking about. That might actually be the first thing we're talking about. Uh, what that means for, for Paper Magic, this kind of rides off of the back of last week's episode where we had uh, the Torben, one of the, 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 not one of the main community manager and one of the main people behind the DreamHack Magic events. Uh, to talk about what the pro tour circuit's going to look like. Um, and kind of since then, there's been a big announcement in regards to uh, Command Fest coming back, and it all kind of builds this story. Uh, is Commander the face of magic? Is that good for magic? And is magic in a good place? Was that a thesis statement, or do you want me to answer yeah. that? You, you can you can you can respond. <laughs> okay. Uh, I I agree with uh, Commander being the the face format of magic right now i'm not going to try to put a number on it but i i do think that commander makes up a larger portion of constructed formats than any other format uh and i don't believe it's particularly close at this point i think commander is consistently growing at a greater pace than any format has before it maybe that might be a reach i think there's a chance other formats have grown faster but more from a like, like I think limited grew faster than than Commander is growing now, just because it went from I, not existing to existing. And yeah, the biggest thing that I'm thinking like, of is like when Arena started. Sure, like that that made standard and limited way more accessible than they were yeah. before that. That's fair. But yeah, I think I think um, I think Commander is like the default way to play Magic at this point. When I think I think one of the challenges that comes from that is and this is, I think, a little bit of where the commander RC and the the the, the commander advisory group come from on this issue is that from their perspective, and we talked a lot about this when Jim from the Spike Feeders and on the CAG was on a few months ago, how there's a viewpoint and I, I I'm saying other people's viewpoints because I, I do pretty much thoroughly disagree with it, <laughs> uh, but that. Because the other formats like Modern, Pioneer, Standard, Draft, whatever, and Pro Play was not being supported, that is the main driving force behind Commander becoming more competitive. I don't believe that's true. I think some people think that and some people don't think that or, or, or maybe is. Yeah, I think it's a contributing factor, but I don't by any stretch of the imagination imagination. I don't think it's the sole source of the uh, power creep of intent within commander if that makes sense um I think, yeah i think i think from my perspective to the first statement you made right and i kind of made it, then you corroborated uh commander is growing faster than ever before is one of, is the largest growing format i think commander is so much bigger than what pro players were are ever have been even as a percentage of people that played competitive magic that even if every single pro player became and like to add layers, I think like less than 1% of commander players are CDH players. And I think that the percentage of all pro players that exist are like less than 1% of CDH players. <laughs> I agree with that. 
um, <laughs> which is like a very small number. It's, it's a tiny matter. number. That, it's it's an like almost it's almost small enough to like actually put a number to it um, <laughs> compared to like the amount of c- commander players there are, which is uh, you know a lot of magic players but yeah it's uh like i haven't seen you know like reed duke isn't playing cdh i don't know how much commander he plays but i haven't heard that a lot of the pro players are going straight for cdh which if you don't know like if you're not watching that thread then it's it's an easy assumption to make but i i do think it's false because i don't think that's the only thing that's pushing pro players into commander. Yeah. Well, I think I like, in fact, I would say the pro players that I've seen and played with have leaned more towards the Olivia chief side of like wanting commander to be more casual where they're like, Oh yeah. Combos aren't fun. I'm not going to play with them. And right. counter spells are, you know, like they're like, I want, I just have like, and Brian Kibler's a great example of this. He's right, world exactly. champion. He's in, he's in the hall of fame and his favorite deck is dragons. Mm-hmm. He loves mm-hmm. dragons. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was true and, when he played competitive magic, but <laughs> well, yeah, but like that's that's kind of it. Like he loves a part of magic and he's not compromising that what he is, he's not compromising playing the stuff that he likes to win more games. Yeah, I think I think the like it it's I think there are two conflicts within command the commander community. And I, mean, I do want to get to like how this is relevant to modern to some extent, but sure. I think there's two kind of conflicts within competitive play, right? There's the first one, which is. Uh, ostensible disagreement on is competitive magic good for a commander and I, we've had an entire podcast episode where we I, I believe it is i think like what cdh has done is actually been one of the more beneficial things to commander over the last two years the fact that there is now a conversation to be had around what power level you want to play with and a place to find a home for that level of play right previously it was just like Oh, those two guys who you all thought were assholes because they would pub stomp tables because they we're playing like reddited net deck commander decks and they're like, well, I want to play the best commander deck I can play. And I want to play against other people. Like when you talk to them, be like, Oh yeah, I have this. They talk like CDH players, but like the, there wasn't language. Yeah. The store and the community didn't know how to be like, Oh, that's cool. Here's a table for you. It was like, I will just randomly put you with the guy who has a (laughs) pre-con and the fact that the CDH community has specifically built a language around it, I think has been in a like so amazing that I think every other version of commander needs like that language around it. I think one of the reasons I was so motivated to create artisan and uh, or work with the community to create that format is to come up with like, Oh, here I can come up with a format where everyone is limited by restrictions that creates that old school feeling of magic. And, and I think that that's my thought on that. But I think, I think that like that belief is not, common amongst everyone and and there is a little bit of a that old school people that tried playing the best possible commander deck are pub stompers who don't understand that commander is about having their definition of fun yes uh commander is uh the base idea is to reward not just winning compared to traditional competitive formats where you are rewarded for winning the most games Commander is supposed to have a more diverse um, reward system, for lack of a better word. Supposed Mm -hmm. to do what you enjoy, what your group enjoys, and just like hang out with people for a while around a game of Magic. 
is was the intent behind the format obviously there's a whole lot of like make of it what you want and a lot a lot of people have gravitated towards cdh which is great and i definitely agree that the more kinds of magic that are available including both the full power spectrum of commander and also all the other established tournament formats the more of that that is available the healthier any one of them especially commander is going to be the language about like how you want to play it's the whole i mean not to bring other internet discourse into this podcast proxies are fun (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) but uh it's kind of the whole proxy argument right because for for a long time proxies were used as a power level complaint right it's like oh that guy's proxied his deck, which means that he has Gaia's Cradle and he has, you know, every all deck the that fast mana they own has the, the fast mana there. Yeah. You know, she's playing with a Mox Diamond, whatever, you know, it, it, it like all these cards that I couldn't afford. And they, like, why do they get to play with them just because they have a printer? And, and then you get into the whole conversation about, you know, the card economy. But um, and what's best Capitalism. for the LDS. But yeah, proxies are fun. <laughs> uh, but because of the cult, kind of the the change on what rule zero conversations are, it's much more about the person who comes to your table with a guy's cradle deck who's going infinite and printed that deck out is not an asshole for proxying their deck. They're an asshole for mispower leveling their deck in the pod that they're playing with. Yeah. Right. It's like yeah, if, if, if the person had guy's cradle or didn't have guy's cradle, the fact that they're playing at a power level above what you're expecting is the issue. Not. And the they way that they, <laughs> the way that they got that guy's cradle is completely irrelevant to the gameplay that's going on. Correct. Like how it's just at this point, it's either how wealthy they are or how old they are. And neither of them should be why they get to play with a card that you don't. Right. If that's your concern. Um, and to be clear, proxy legality from a formal format perspective is not going to change for all the viewers yeah. out there. Oh, yeah, don't yeah, go yeah. into the comments. Don't don't start fights. It's not going to oh, change. Like, do, do, do whatever. Whoa, 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 Carson, you. The algorithm okay, start gods with Kessler. <laughs> beget that you fight in the comments. <laughs> just want YouTube to like us. Uh, <laughs> but uh, that's my well, mistake. I'm not. I'm. I'm not a, a YouTube native. Start fights in the comments. <laughs> uh, just don't be mean to me or each other. Uh, the or the me. More, more, or, well, or especially Carson. Uh, the, <laughs> anyway, the, the 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 more and and. And I'm a big proponent of supporting your store. I'm a big proponent of owning cards. Like, I love the cards I own. I think, you know, uh, uh, as we will eventually shout out one of our, our, our last sponsors in a second, you know, one of the things you can do is go buy cards from them using codes like the MMCast to get us a 5% reward on channelfireball.com. <laughs> I think that, it, especially for tournament play, it's really important. And for, for for Commander, even like owning your own deck that's real feels great. And feels good. I agree. Um, and the the conversation point is more like power level conversations than not. And then, but okay, so so that's that's the power level conversation that is like this big contentious <laughs> issue. And then it doesn't help that like the CDH community is at fault in its own way. And a lot of times they like feel like they're like a second class citizen, which has its own language ramifications. It's a lot of problems. We don't have to get into that, but isn't that <laughs> part of the topic at hand, Cass? <laughs> Maybe, <laughs> but let's get to the other half, which is, which is pro players are now playing commander and yes. they are. And, and, and this podcast definitely understands that we've had Andrew Brown on a bunch of times, you know, the, the, Magic Pro players are one of the 
most well-heralded game design resources in the world. Like, and, and I'm not like saying that the blow the horn of pro players, like most gaming companies, especially tabletop ones, look at magic pro players as a great source of game design, because these are people who have made careers out of learning how to exploit and break game systems and to find solutions to prevent those game breaking exploits from winning, right? Like you're either, if you don't know a lot of people on the wizards of the coast play design teams have come One straight out of pro tours. Correct. <laughs> Melissa de Tora is the leader of the casual play design team. She won a bunch of pro tours. She played, she, uh, she did really well in professional magic until she was hired by yeah. wizards. Andrew Andrew Brown runs regular play design. He had one of the like quickest multiple top eight pro tour experiences of all time. You have, yeah, it's a very long list. <laughs> um, so now this, this, this group of people who, you know, are now paying attention to commander, be it through Olivia dating Brian Kibler and then Brian Kibler loving commander and convincing every one of his friends who are all pro players to start playing commander who then convinced all of their friends, be it, be it through the fact that pro magic has fallen by the wayside during the pandemic. And the main way you now interact with magic, if you love magic, that the studio making the game is pushing is through commander, be it through just, they started playing commander because it's fun <laughs> and they like magic. And the thing that magic pro players are not always good at uh, is expressing opinions on the internet <laughs> and, or, or, yes. <laughs> Yes, no. <laughs> Every, like this. this is the Discord podcast, Carson. I sp- opened it up with Twitter discourse coming here. We won't talk about specific B uh, followed by S Twitter users. Um, but we will talk about um well so so you know they're like I think this was like a few weeks ago where uh uh Sam Black, who who is great and I one of the best magic players of all time and and, and a great writer in uh making magic content, was like why is stasis or stasis like cards? I think, uh, what was it? Winter orb, maybe winter. Yeah. Why is winter orb not banned? <laughs> Commander right. was basically his point, which is like, yeah. this is at the point of the ban list to say these cards suck. Why is this what, card that ostensibly sucks? Is the why best is example of what sucks. <laughs> is, yes. Why is that the one that's legal <laughs> versus like other examples, which like are definitely and 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 there is a whole argument that I don't want to have on this podcast about commander ban list philosophy. But that's kind of the points they were making, right? Is like, oh, if I was redesigning the ban list from the ground up. Or redesigning the idea from commander with the viewpoint of I want the commander ban list to not be a here's a list of cards that we don't think you should be playing with. It's a, here's a list of cards that we think represent a good list of cards and they're like that you should avoid playing to create the best experience, which is what its current intended goal is. Yeah. There these is an the, intent of, of like the, yeah. keeping it small, keeping it compact uh, and importantly, restricting it, restricting it to cards that people play so that each ban has an impact. Yeah. As opposed to like people know not to play Armageddon most of the time. I actually think that if Ar- so, okay, we're hot taking. Uh, I think Armageddon <laughs> is a bad card, and when I say that, I mean I don't think it's unfun. I think it is a bad card strategically in Commander. It's not a not a powerful Magic card. Yeah, like I think in one v one, it's good because you're able to create a guaranteed parity between you and one player, or at least you are you are able to likely win off of you mitigating that problem. But doing that to three players separately while taking advantage of it is hard when you're playing a singleton deck so unless your deck is designated to that strategy 
which then falls into the unfun problem where people just won't want to play with you after the first time, then your deck can't take advantage of it or won't be very good at taking advantage of it. Your opponents will have way more time to re bounce back from having it happen to them. Yeah. And so I think it's just bad in the format. I think it's just not a good, like it's, it is a losing strategy. (laughs) Yeah. And there are decks that take advantage of it, but uh, in general, I more meant like, mass land destruction or hate is generally disliked but armageddon is not played all across the format people aren't slotting armageddon into like pre-cons and crap i think which is why i think another good example is i think it's sadistic hypnotist what's the sacrifice a creature to make a player discard two cards i think it's sadistic hypnotist i know what you're talking about sadistic hypnotist combo has like fallen really by the wayside that card is still good right like making all of your opponents discard their hands is as powerful as it's always been but it's miserable and yeah, the it, it is an effective way to win a game that will uh, lose friends and alienate people. Right. And there, and, and the one thing I will say in that world, and, and that's like, I think a lot of the problems like Ben had, this is the issue Ben had a problem with entering into commander, right? Like this is why CDH was the best tool given to me to get magic modern players or competitive players into commander, which is a different conversation than them making it more competitive. It's it is a tool to get them into it because now Ben doesn't like CDH, right? He's like hardcore seven all the way wants to come up with dumb. It's kind of in the same Brian Kibler sense where he's like, I want to come up with dumb things where I'm playing aggressive two drop red and white creatures. How do I make that work in commander? That's not CDH. That's at best a seven. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> how do I take this good draft deck and port it into commander? Well, yeah, you're going to lose a lot of games, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so uh, not according to Sydney, but <laughs> you made uncommon anyway. walls <laughs> uh, work. But uh, the, but yeah, there, there's a different philosophy between, ban lists curated for tournament formats and ban uh, the ban list that is curated for commander right and that, and that was like designed differently and i think it started with like tom martell being like why is primeval titan banned and that was one that was like grown you weren't playing when that card was legal it's in this format <laughs> like that card someone, is... <laughs> someone's gonna have to teach you that card is an actual problem yes like they're like honestly it I, I, I like I think Primeval Titan is arguably it's not a problem in modern, but it is on the border. <laughs> sure. There are a lot of cards on the ban list or cards that could be put on the ban list that are on there because Primeval Titan is exists. Uh, and so, like, I think that card is a pow- is should have been one land per thing in the first place when it was first printed. But here we are. Um, a lot of wa- Yeah, there's a lot of ways to make Primeval Titan a more fair magic card. But but the 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 point being like they they were looking at it like because hey, there are problems, right? Like that that's that's like the thesis of this entire episode are, is that are there are we, not problems. But are, the, are we getting into the ban list discussion now? No, no, no. We're, we're, we're getting into I'm going back to like pro players, pro modern magic players looking at commander and how they would change it. I think that is a resource worth listening to versus a resource worth ignoring. And I think that there is a level of, oh, you didn't let me on your table back in the day. Why should I allow you onto my table now that I'm on top? Yeah. Vibes. And th- so and are it does we talking segue about to the next thing I want to talk now? about. Yep. <laughs> hey, we did it. Perfect segue. <laughs> dab, dab, dab. Before we do boom, that, boom. Uh, speaking of Command Fest, Channel Fireball, our uh, new home, we now live there, uh, is hosting Command Fest Las Vegas this summer. 
Uh, and also, if you want to buy any Magic cards for Commander decks or Modern decks or Pioneer decks or any format that you're playing uh, and you want to buy them on ChannelFireball.com, if you use the code TheMMCast at checkout, we get benefited from it. They like us more uh, and make sure this podcast keeps happening. And then also, there's a link below. You can click that. All right, so uh, uh, just brief, brief uh, change the subject. We're gonna be we're gonna be doing trivia. And I have a cool, cool thing that I uh, was I got to open, which is really fun. And and for those who are just joining, the way this works is I'm gonna ask Carson a trivia question. Uh, this is uh, and you uh, get to answer it as well. He's gonna him and Hoff for a second trying to remember the answer. And everyone, please comment it below. And then if uh, you get it right, you have to hit that like subscribe button. This is really just me trying to get you to hit that like and subscribe button. It would be really cool if you just did that anyways. But if you get the trivia question wrong, you are required to hit the like and subscribe button. Uh, if you get it Does right, something else happen if they get it right. Uh, we like said they... we like we like their well, I will like okay. personally and the MM cast will also like it if they get it right. So you get some likes. Okay. You get likes. We get likes. We're all liked uh, together. Don't you want to uh, be liked? Yeah, I do. Comment down below. Um, Carson, Alex. there was a instant and sorcery that was officially colorless. An instant or sorcery that was officially colorless. I was going to say, is it both? Because that's even crazier. No, no, it's one, one or the <laughs> other. Uh, printed before Zendikar block. What card was that? Before OG Zendikar. Before OG Zendikar. So none of the none of the uh, none of, not like. Um, there's like right, the Eldrazi, Eldrazi counter spell, or yeah, okay. there was a. <sighs> That's a good question. I can give you a hint. This is this is officially a colorless card that was printed before Zendikar, and it is a instant or sorcery. What is the name of that card? I can give you a hint. I can give you two multiple hints. You can ask for hints. I I have an idea, so I think I'm just gonna guess. Okay. Uh. Is it Ghost Fire? It is Ghost Fire. All right. So my hints was that yeah. it, does, it, does, it is also the first reference to Ugin in Magic. Uh, and yeah. Ghost Fire is a two red instant. Ghost Fire is colorless. It was the first uh, colorless instant. And it was also first reference of Ugin. And uh, it is eventually what opened up the Eye of Ugin to allow the Eldrazi to be released uh, later on. It's the it's the spell that Chandra needs to, to learn off of the Dragon Scroll. It's a whole thing. Uh, all right, and and that and that brings us to uh, one other really cool thing that happened. Uh, we got a sweet box from Beetle and Bard. It's their like Kamigawa like. Oh, we did I get one too? God, no, no, well, <laughs> the royal, the royal <laughs> week. Uh, and so there's stuff like this life counter that looks like the the the. It's a samurai crab, which there's a card oh, name for it. Rad. Someone got mad at me that I didn't know the name of that card, but it's really awesome. It comes with this backpack that is like has a bunch of dividers in it for magic cards. It's bright colors. It came with like all of these different certificates and posters and artwork. I actually got the certificate of authenticity and I am lucky number 1420, which means that I've won uh, this this lottery. <laughs> uh, there's one backpack that's better, which is just straight 420. And I'm excited to find out who got that. Uh, but there's even stuff like this playmat. This playmat itself is gorgeous, but that's ogre head helm is the card yeah ogre helm hell is the is the card but there's an extra cool bit and that is that it actually has a neon glow edge that you can change the color of that's trippy really dope it's actually for sale for for peter right now so if you go to beetle bard website they have it under their magic store they have there's two versions there's like a 500 hundred dollar version that comes with the backpack and the mat and everything and then there's like a 200 hundred dollar version that you can get uh your little little samurai crab 
uh, amongst other things. There's like a Tanuki plush. There's uh, really cool token counters um, that like look like uh, like ancient coins for a plus one or plus one plus one counters. And then also there's um, what's the counter like uh, like death touch and intimidate all the different ability counters they now do. Just recommend checking it out. It's gorgeous. Uh, I did a whole opening on TikTok. You can watch as well. Look at this little crab man. Get him. Gonna <laughs> crab around. But uh, threw in through that sponsorship shout out. And now we're on Command Fest. So uh, last week, uh, Wizards of the Coast out of nowhere announced 15, I believe, Command Fests around Maybe. around the world and, and country. I think it's 10 in the U.S., nine in the most u.s of, and six most of them are in the, the u.s world. yeah there's a there's uh, a few others in the americas for sure um yeah. south america and, europe apac region all getting command fests yeah and and these are being thrown by a bunch of different tos so this is back to the old grand prix system in some ways where like channel fireball or city games is doing one in richmond where a lot of our friends are going um there's uh you know cascade games is doing one like all the different big tos that used to do grand prix before channel fireball took over all of them are now it doing them so across funny the that they're doing one in bellevue and not seattle oh well there's not one I, in I, la <laughs> i mean anyway yeah so yeah there's there's 15 around the world there's uh one two three four five six seven in the in the uh in north america so uh yeah about about half so so big announcement it's just for from june through august i believe so it's only that quarter so it's only a quarterly announcement there's not announcements for what's happening for fall or june and july june and july it's not even august i thought there was a brazil there's like one of them was in august nope nope cool carson's got the list up (laughs) i have the list up and these are based off of the command fest that were happening before the pandemic. So there are three then. There was one in Chicago, one in Seattle, and then one in um, Washington, D.C. I was able to go to the Washington, D.C. one that was by Star City Games. And they are commander-focused events. They're not like a Grand Prix where you have a big opening tournament and then a bunch of side events and there's a command zone. It's literally just almost the command zone with artists, creators, and retailers being there as well. And... um. A, it's really exciting, you know, ter- that along with the DreamHack events we talked last week means that like in-person large events are happening again, which is really cool. And there's going to be ones every weekend, kind of back to that old style. I do have like some complaints about the system and how they're being rolled out. One of them that's really weird and just feels like there sh- is that Richmond and the DreamHack event are the same weekend. Also, Orlando and Bellevue are the same weekend. That one's l- less like Command Fest happening the same weekend is less surprise. Well, I guess it all happening the same weekend makes sense. It's just like a little weird to me that you would like. I, be s- I think it's I think it's a symptom of them just trying to do a lot very quickly. Yeah. Yeah, like they I could agree. have easily spread this out into August and not had overlapping events, which which to me also means that they're planning on more. Right. Like the, this, their yeah. plan is to go back to the two GPs or, or ha- every other a lot of weekends will have two GPs a weekend and they'll now have two command fests a weekend around the world. I do think that they also wanted to give like as many of the different TOs a chance to do a command fest in this first run. And they wanted it to happen within those two months because they wanted to start there. And by doing that, you are going to have overlaps, including with the DreamHack event. Um, The other thing is that and this is my complaint with the command fest. So like I was able to go. Some of it was amazing. Doing doing like a con- guaranteed space for commander is really cool. It was only commander. 
and I know it's called a command fest, but I believe that any type of these large events should have space for all people that want to go play magic there. And this is where I do agree with the RC on this issue, right? Is that wizards is in some ways letting these other formats not get focused on in a way that's putting the onus of all of magic onto commander. And I think that's a mistake. And the command command fest is the thing that is a good example where that's a problem, right? Like you couldn't draft at command fest DC. That was not Uh, an available option. I went to Command Fest Seattle and there were drafts firing all weekend. Battle Bond yeah, so, and maybe some conspiracy. So that maybe. was what like I, I posted this and then I got so not every they're all ran by different TOs, right? So different TOs right. did stuff differently. The SEG one, which was the one in 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 DC, was the had no no limited formats available. There was Commander. You could buy from some of the retailers sealed product. And try and, and put together your own. your own draft, right? You could pick yeah. a table. But even then, it was weird because the tables weren't really designated for that. It was kind of the like, and this is this like, so so the story of how the command zone was invented. So not the command zone, the people, the command zone, the area in a commander in a in a Grand Prix or a Magic Fest was in Grand in Magic Fest Los Angeles 20, I want to say 2018. They just so happened to have I'm going to say 50% of the largest content creators in the space in LA all at the same time. You had like the professor, Jimmy and Josh, Shivam, the commander in guy. Well, at, at that point, Shivam was the commander in uh, a group. You had, you know, like a bunch of these different commander groups all there all at the same time. And they all got kicked out of the event because they couldn't pick a table for more than five minutes before getting kicked off. And we're all forced into a food court like like wizards, like Jules Robbins was there, like designers of the game were all like put into the food court (laughs) where there was like four tables. They wanted to play commander because they were trying to play commander at this magic event and there was no space designated for them by Seattle. Command zones existed. And that was that was in March. Seattle was in June. And they've invented the idea of a command zone, which was this designated area that you had to pay money to be a part of because you needed to be able to afford the space and the real estate that you're taking up. And they needed to have a way to measure it in addition to like paying for the space. Right, right. And and that create, you know, that has its own issues, which we talked a lot about last week, but it created a place and a home for commander at these events. Now they're doing the opposite. And I do have from tournament organizers, I can't say who they were that they are not allowed to run larger than eight pod tournaments at these events. Like you are not allowed to do a 10 K or an open event or anything larger than maybe specific drafts or eight pods. And so one of the reasons they're not even focusing on having those events is they have been explicitly told you cannot run tournament magic in any real way at these events. This is a commander event. Nothing can distract from the focus of commander. Now, now we do know, and I think one of the reasons this event was created the way it was created is that it it coincides with the Baldur's Gate release. I think Richmond does. Well, I think I think, but the Richmond's at the beginning, so so right. all eight of them are within the like the oh, draft sure, sure, window sure, yeah. of of Richmond of of Baldur's Gate, right? So, so like, the, so they want to allow you to draft the new commander set. Correct. So so the, the, there's going to be a lot of emphasis on that yep. being the main draft format of these events, and they will all be holding Boulder, Baldur's Gate draft formats. It's literally DreamHack and Richmond will both be the launches of Baldur's Gate. That weekend, yep. which is the two competing events, will be the launch of that that format. And so I also think that's the other kind of idea behind these all happening right then, all at the same time, is that Magic is doing their big next 
Commander product release. They wanted to bring it along with Command Fests, and that was their idea. So yeah, so so like it sucks to me that they're not allowing these just to be Magic Fests without the Grand Prix. That's I guess kind of where my like final thought on it was. Like DreamHack's really cool. I and that is a foothold to competitive Magic players. But I think that if you're going to be making these conventions. The fact that like if I have a friend like Ben used to be who doesn't want to play commander, they're just not going to want to go to this when you could have easily created just like have mystery boosters on tap for draft or have have whatever, like have allow a pod modern the fire events to fire. And I wish there was a middle ground. Yeah, it is very weird that, as you said, we have gone full reverse from where Magic Fest used to be where people used to get kicked out for because there wasn't space for commander and it seems like most of the magic luminaries agree with that statement but there are a lot of people who make up the larger community who think the opposite where they're like well commander players had to deal with this why shouldn't competitive players have to deal with this because it sucks yeah, it, um, and <laughs> it was a mistake sh- then. <laughs> in, in this the year of our Lord 2022, we shouldn't have to deal with that kind of crap. So like, yeah, it yeah, Every, it's, it's <laughs> there is enough space, literally and figuratively, for every kind of magic, and they oh, should yeah. all be supported. It, it 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 would not be hard to support both. There was so much extra space at Command Fest Seattle in 2019. Um, you could have easily had, you know, not at the scale of like whatever bit the biggest Grand Prix used to be that featured modern or standard oh. tournaments, but they don't need to be. I've been to Grand Prix that were like like middle August, right before rotation, you know, maximum the tournament maybe hit 650 people like it was a better EV to play in the Grand Prix than to play in the PTQ at the same event because there were just more spots per person in the Grand Prix over two days right. than there were for the one day PTQ. Uh, to get into the pro tour, et cetera, just because it was a, you know, it was a, it was a, a lame duck format. Right. And, yeah. and so like the, the biggest thing, um, unless they're holding on to other event announcements for some reason, there's just like not a good reason to exclude all the other formats from right. these events like this. Right. It, they, there's the dream hack events, the like, and, w- and one thing I thought was like, maybe there's an exclusivity deal with DreamHack, but that's not necessarily true either. Cause you don't have to have this be attached to pro play. Like yeah. there's there like, like, cause, cause SEG would do this, right? Like star city games would run a star city games open at command fest. Richmond. Can, if they Channel were fireball to. would do it in a heartbeat. Right. They both have their, like they both have tournament series. They both have the ability to run big events. That's what channel fireball did at the magic, the gathering Las Vegas that happened last year. They just ran a big tournament and they ran a big command zone and they were able to do a really great event. That was amazing. But because there's a top down pressure from someone saying, no, you are not allowed to do that. You're now creating this weird stratified experience. And then the fact that magic fests haven't been announced and there has been official announcements saying at the moment, there is no plans on really doing anything like a magic fest again. That's like, Oh, you are ignoring modern. You are ignoring, like you're only doing it through your pro play series that you're trying to create through the dream hack system. Why are these not being supported at these massive events? When that is a big port, it's not the massive one. It's not the major one, but it's a big portion of your audience. Yeah.
and that kind of brings us to the last part of the kind of the conversation I wanted to have, which is, uh, uh, and it won't be the last cause we have time. <laughs> uh, but the kind of the conversation on like, is commander being the main version of magic good for magic? Like it had, you know, I, I think, I think like from the CAG, from, from members of, of the organization body of Matt of commander, they don't think it is right to an extent or they've expressed that where it's like, it's great that it's the most popular, but it shouldn't be the main way people play magic. There should be other ways for right. people to play magic. Yeah. I think the short version, uh, I'm not going to say the short version. It, it's fine <laughs> that commander is the main way to play magic, but it definitely should not be the only way commander yeah. suffers. Commander actively suffers when other formats aren't healthy. I, and I agree with that, right? I think that yeah. like, it's it's also hard to say with a straight face that like commander should be the only way to play magic. There's not really a, a way to justify that statement. Sure. Absolutely. I think. Oh, yeah, I think I think it's more. Is what's going on with commander the worst version of magic? And that's the thing I kind of don't agree with. Like, I don't think commander's in a bad spot. I think Commander's actually in a great spot. Yeah, I yeah, I, I think the greatest the biggest threat to commander is the looming threat to other formats. Sure. I think that's, yeah, the, yeah. that's the only thing that really puts commander in jeopardy in any meaningful way right now. And I don't even think that like, like people are still going to play commander. Nobody's going to quit commander. If modern events stop happening at a large scale. Sure. But I do think that will, I, I, I don't have the vocabulary to articulate this effectively, but I think when those formats go away, commander just becomes worse because all of the things that people want out of those formats they now are only able to get out of commander that, and i and don't i guess that's i guess that. that's what i disagree with i think they are getting that out of commander regardless like i, I don't think the wants out of what players are getting from a modern tournament like other than outside of the like the gravy train version, right? Like, yes, the, the grinder part of, sure, of yeah. the magic event goes away, but I think that doesn't go to commander. I think that just goes to other games, right? You become a flesh oh, yeah, and blood 100%. player or a league of legends player or a hearthstone. Flesh and blood, like, league of legends, hearthstone. There are a ton of competitive yep. esport like games that you can change that mentality to. That's if been magic happening. Right. right. Where like there's a reason professional of magic is, is doing well. Yeah. <laughs> uh, professional magic is like, kind of stagnating and it Which has I, been for a number of years and a lot of pro players have left for other games that just pay better yeah and i also disagree why that, not with you with the world i guess why like that happened because of the pandemic sorry everyone like every time the argument comes up i'm like wizards didn't kill pro play because they didn't like it they killed pro play because the pandemic killed it. And then they did well. Oh, the, yeah. The, the biggest damage to pro play was because of the pandemic. But the the exodus of pro players into other games was happening way before the pandemic started. No, I disagree. There was a moment before the pandemic happened where pro players uh, pushed for a format that was more based on being able to make a living being a pro player. And that is what created the MPL system, which started like six months before that. Like that was not a long lasting program at most a year before the pandemic. And really 
because of the way that that system was created, it needed like three years to be actually existing, right? Because like the starting one was X people, and then you had to like go through a year of people earning and out earning to figure out what those kinks right. were. For the NPL to be successful, you needed to be able to see how it worked and it right. never had a chance to work before the pandemic happened. And and like but there like, was there's quickly even, like obvious mistakes on how that was structured and built that then the pandemic happened. They're like, it's a lot. We're not going to fix this. So we're just going to stop. <laughs> uh, Cause we have to stop. This play anyway. anymore, and we don't have the resources to figure it out. So good luck. Yeah. It was not like, the, yeah, it's not, we don't have the resources to have a structure. We're not allowed to have the resource. We could give you all the money. It's not like they didn't have the money to do it. Just, the, legally, they could not run a tournament series nor have the liability of doing so for two years. <laughs> so like the pro play exodus didn't really start until after that, right? Like the, the SCG held on to their pro players until maybe earlier this year. And I do think their big layoff that they did where they laid off as many writers was a partially because there was no pro circuit in sight. And the announcement that happened th- four weeks ago now, five weeks ago when this podcast gets released was an amazing one for that. And like I, once that circuit starts happening, once the, RPTQ, PTQ, World Championship, DreamHack event, tournament series starts again, like these will start being built. The difference is, is the face of Magic Celebrity has changed. Yes. And that's going to be an interesting change because the big secret was always, oh no, you being a pro Magic player was being a person who built enough of a record that they can then convince an SCG Star City Games Channel Fireball uh you could leverage cool stuff, how good you are at magic into people Ding. giving you money to write yeah. about. Correct. Whatever. You you became yeah. a content creator. Like that was being a pro yes. magic player was you would did casting, you did streaming, you had written articles, you got a job at wizards, right? There was, you got a job at other game design companies. Like the, yes. the, the actual pro magic player experience was using being, that as a resume builder yes. to capitalize on. <laughs> yeah. Being measurably, actually good at magic was a pathway to some other avenue that paid the bills right and and some of that i don't know if that exists still but i i like i can't imagine that if an andrew brown like person showed up again where like they just like won two pro tours in a row doesn't get a deal with channel fireball or star city games to write articles on a weekly basis Right. <laughs> if they're a good writer, right? Or or they just are able to like, hey, sure. my name's on the front page of Wizards. Everyone knows who I am now because I'm the double Pro Tour winner and the clout that comes with that happens. I'm streaming every week about which decks I'm working on for the next one. That person will find success unless they're like a terrible person. <laughs> and even then, or, regardless, or they're somehow not good at anything except magic. But then like the, like there's even the Wizards of the Coast like draw like that right. like there are watsy employees that are not good at talking or writing about magic but are great at magic and they're have been able to yep. capitalize and there's like going to be a few people that can't do it right like but that's true of every job right like some, yeah like, I, I can't there's it, by nature of the world there won't be a hundred percent uh correlation between good at magic that good at mad even that good at magic and success you have yeah there's there's other skill sets a person is made of you could be the best toy maker in the world but if you can't read excel sheets you just still won't work in toys because you have to fill up forms for factories excel sheets (laughs) actually run the world (laughs) right like you can be great at sales but if you can't use powerpoint 
<laughs> I don't know what to doesn't, tell you. Doesn't matter. <laughs> so, so uh, like, anyway. like library of skill set. But yeah, so, so, you know, this tournament series is coming back. I just wish it was more holistic. I, I wish that they weren't trying to segment yeah. these two markets in the way that they were. And I wish that these command fest had modern events. I wish I could go and play modern and commander and draft and Uno in the back corner if I wanted to. Right. I think, I think that like, and then, and, and your point that like community members are like, no, this is the time for commander. I like made a post on Twitter about this and I did stuff on TikTok. and in both places, TikTok, it was more common. I got more comments being like, oh, why can't just other formats have their own events? Why does Commander have to have spaces for them? And the reason there is that because they announced 14 of them and actively said there won't be any other events other than these 14 Commander ones. If they had said, there's, there's, here's eight Command Fests and here's eight Modern Fests. <laughs> yeah. Or four modern yeah. fests and four standard fests, or two modern fests, two pioneer fests, and two stand whatever, and one legacy vintage event. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then I think people oh, would have would. not had that. I, I would have not have complained. I'd have been like, it's a little weird that. Well, I would have complained because the internet. I think like those. It's that would be dumb. That would be a mistake. They should all be all at the yeah, same that, thing. That would not. That would not be a good idea. But there wouldn't be this like. Are they actively trying to kill other formats? Question right, exactly. Yeah, there's a, like this this shroud of malice over the decision of like they're taking away play... the ways that I like to play magic. Right, right. And 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 I like I feel for like the commander council where they're like, we're trying to manage this format. We're now the most popular thing. And and Wizards is doing that to these other formats. And I feel bad for them. I disagree that like that happening is hurting commander from a perspective that players like to play magic in one way either can't adjust themselves to the way that they're playing commander or that commander can't handle that type of play style. Like I don't agree, like I agree with that is I guess my, my one big thing there. I think that you can figure that out. Commander players. I play both. I have a ton of friends that have been able to play both. Can you, can commander handle grinding to win a pro tour seat? No, absolutely not. But, but I don't, I don't like that doesn't happen until you build a commander pro tour. Like right. It, and they're like, yeah, we're we're nowhere close build to incentives to grind. Like grinding happens when there's incentives. It's the way it like it's why yeah. that dumb like Neopet Bitcoin knockoff exists. <laughs> I don't know what it's called. I have but, follow-up questions, but we'll talk about that later. Yeah, yeah. It's it's uh <laughs> scrunchies or something. I don't know. It's basically just Neopets, but the economy is ran on Bitcoin, and apparently like half the population of a smaller southeast or south uh south asian country is like economy is based on people just playing this game it's bad it's super dystopian but (laughs) anyway uh, anyway like there were incentives and so people grinded it if you don't create the incentives for people to grind people just won't grind like that the incentives create grindingness that's that's how that works so if commander does as long as commander is not like whoever wins the most commander games in one year gets a get the trophy <laughs> or <laughs> please no. uh then there then that mentality won't enter commander what will enter is you know min maxing stuff but that happens already like i've never yeah, been at a store and i've played commander for 15 years i've never been in a store where there weren't players trying to make their decks better and every game you play being like oh that card was bad it didn't do anything or that card costs too much or, Oh, it actually doesn't work with my deck or, and cut it and replace it with a better card 
or a new yeah. card that then you learn that lesson and, and the, that chain goes down the line. Yes, there's been like there's like the um, I think Jason Alt is the one that popularized 30 percent magic, right? Where you like on purpose, 30 percent of your cards are worse. Yeah, yeah that, even, that sounds right. I think it's 70 percent magic where you, it's the inverse. But oh, yeah, oh sure, sure, idea. sure. Where it's like um, 70, it's uh, deliberately 70 percent as good as it could be. Right, right. And I, I think that even in those I've noticed it's a different incentive, right? You're, but you're like, you're every game you play, you're gonna be like, Oh, this card wasn't fun. I'll replace it with a more fun card. You're still min maxing (laughs) for fun, (laughs) but it's still, it's still, yeah, you're still, you're still min maxing just for a slightly different goal than your, the Reed Dukes and the Brian Kibblers from 20 years ago would min max for. and, And like the inherent framework of commander, it does lead to combo, right? That's why CDH is such a combo filled filled metagame. But like it already removes a lot of the more grind. Like you can't play aggro unless you're trying to do it in a cool way in commander very well. And you have a lot of life and you're able to kind of bury yourself against things. So I, I, I don't I like. I just think those incentives existed in commander way before. And the fact that if anything, pro players entering the community has created better language around it, right? has created a better way to talk towards this is what I'm looking for versus this is what I'm not. And then also is questioning is how commander working right now, the best possible version, which we should always be asking. I like, I don't think that I've ever felt like in for pretty much everything ever. That question <laughs> should also always be somewhere in the front half of your mind of like, is there a way where we can improve this? Right. And, and 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 some of the, the frustration I do know from the like management side of that is you are entering at point L versus point A on the alphabet scale. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and it, some of the questions you're, you're new asking, to this, but it's been iterated for, let's say, 25 years. Right. Some of the questions you're asking, we figured out at point F. And we're now yeah. at L. And so the aforementioned questions about why is primeval Titan banned? Exactly. Right. It's like, we've dealt with that. You're new to this. We understand like, there is experience that that lit- helped us litigate that decision. Right. Right. And and now some of that is just like it, it's the it's the it's the amalgamation of Twitter problem. Right. Is like right. everyone. Not every pro player has asked questions like that. And not every person answered them with salty takes. If someone was like, hey, why is Primeval Titan banned? Someone might respond with, oh, this is why. And they'd be like, great, that's a good answer. Because one person who had a high follower count went, it's dumb that Primeval Titan is banned. <laughs> or why is this? And Prime- then, why in the world is Primeval Titan banned? And then people responded. And then everybody with, else responded with, because you're dumb. That's why. Yeah. Is like, oh, <laughs> now everyone sucks. <laughs> Instead yep. of like, and, and like. Now yeah, this is not a conversation deal. that is worth engaging with. Right. Exactly. Um. So, so uh, some, some pretty prominent members of the CDH community recently kind of posted uh, like, and and in, in their defense, like the the only weird thing is they like tagged half of the RC, or I think all of the RC and half the CAG, and then just like other random high profile magic creators, uh, in like what they would want updated yep. about the current philosophical statement about Commander and how it should be run to be more inclusive of competitive play, and then a thread was born from that that had like eighty different comments back and forth on it. I think their intent. <sighs> was fine um from the perspective of like 
I mean, I, I guess, I guess, like, can you give like a, a brief overview of what the original statement was? Uh, yeah. Um, so one person posted uh, a proposed edited version of the commander philosophy document, and it says stuff like it uh, commanders a multiplayer format where you talk about your desired experience with your opponents. Um, there's some cards that we recommend that you don't play, but these are just suggestions. All play styles and combos and decks are welcome. Uh, that's kind of the gist of it. In a vacuum, it sounds very wholesome. Um, wh- what are your thoughts on that on that post, Kess? I, my, my only like, like the brief overview of what I was saying, my only real complaint is I like think the ban list is important. I agree with that. That was that was a big piece of pushback from on this original document is like there should be some strong language about by default, these cards are banned, but your playgroup can unban them for your games if you want. Yeah, I like I don't know if we've had this conversation. I think the commander ban list should be like twice the size. I don't know we if it needs to happen. Yeah, sure. yeah, okay. I don't know if it happens to happen tomorrow, right? Like, I don't think like let's ban 30 cards now. I, I, I think that like <laughs> at the rate of cards being printed into magic and as a percentage of how many cards are on the ban list versus how many cards exist up to this point, we should be banning somewhere between three and five cards a year. I think the current number is like two ish, two and a half yeah. over the last few years. So I think, I think the like I, three to five includes unbanning one to two in that period as well. So like, yeah, adjusting in both ways right yeah I, I agree with i agree with both of those points i think that um i also think that wizards should be a lot more aggressive about banning but i i agree that the rules committee should be a, a little bit more aggressive than they are now about I think, uh banning cards and i think they're pretty good about unbanning cards there's usually one to two cards per yes. year that come off the ban list i agree with that i think uh, i think the last unban- unbanning history has been pretty spot on there's like a few weird ones but like yeah like uh like i don't think world fire should have been unbanned and i do think door to nothingness or whatever that's been uh the coalition victory victory could be unbanned and neither of them are like i think they have the exact same purpose of boring and one is and neither of them would see very much play regardless (laughs) but i think that like world fire is a much more emblematic these type of cards suck card and coalition victory. There's just a lot of fun cards that are like that. I don't think it's representing anything that's specifically problematic. Uh, but in general, I agree yeah. that the, the ban list can be a little bit longer. And uh, going back to this document that we want to discuss, I think that the ban list language should be a little bit stronger so that yeah. there's a baseline expectation rather than just like it's vintage but a hundred cards and that's it. We've had, I've had like fun. We, I think we did it. I think we did it on this podcast where we talked about the power nine of modern. And I, I, I we had a brief conversation on which cards you would unban. And like, I think yeah. you could unban black Lotus and one mocks, but not all five. And, uh, and ancestral recall and all five mocks. And no, no, I think, I think actually the most dangerous thing to unban on the command on, on the ban on of the power nine is all five moxen i think all five is worse than any other card that you can unban uh i agree i think cool. green is the the first one that should be unbanned i think you can ban white i think white would be better actually than green 
I think Green is the weakest for sure. But I think yeah, that, that's think, kind of what I'm saying. I think Green would be the least impactful. I don't think their power but, level is the problem individually, right? right like right, I think right, yeah. I think White getting a cool zero mana. Uh, the, the the we don't have to get into this because we did a whole episode on it but like basically right. my thesis is if you unban all five you incentivize every deck to be a five color deck or a four color deck and the less yeah. colors you play your deck is significantly worse in power level yeah. also these cards are just bonkers expensive and don't need to be unbanned but uh yes I, I i think that's my issue with kind of that statement everything else though being holistic i, I my more issue is like people started responding to this post and there was this mentality of like, we need to protect the casual magic player from these evil competitive players. (laughs) And that's the thing I take umbrage with. And it's, uh, that's an exaggeration of kind of what the comments were for sure. That's kind of blown a little bit out of proportion. Uh, Um, Okay. So the person who said this, I don't want to say any names. Yeah. Has has done this type of statement in multiple threads now. and, And this is not the original creator. And when they have done it, it is always the sentiment of like casual play. It comes from a perspective that sounds like casual players are the minority or a minority group of playing magic, which has been true in the past, but is ostensibly not true now. And it's hard to say that commander is the most popular format, but casual players are the minority. Right. And those things cannot be true. And and the attitude is like, we don't want to give a handout to players who want to play commander competitively because historically competitive players have been given deference. And the point of commander is to not give them deference. And that attitude to me sucks and is like. A thing I wish wasn't a thing said because <laughs> I think like there's an argument for like we want to make sure this is focused on the major group of people playing this format. That's fine. We want to make sure that the language is leading it towards this great. That's fine. We don't think we want competitive players to go play other formats because I, we think that the way that they would play commander is not how we would want to play commander when Wizards of the Coast a month a week ago announced 15 events that were in paper person magic events. The first one's happening since the pandemic ended and all of them are commander events that are not allowed to have any other format played above an eight pod is a wild position to take. <laughs> to me. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it's difficult. Like I said, it's difficult to say that like casual players need protecting. I will say I think it's important that I think it's still important that commander is the only it's the uh, it's the only popular format that I know of that doesn't just reward winning like all the tournament magic formats. You are rewarded for winning. And if you do not win, then try harder. Sure. And I think that, that but like all kind of, of attitude... there's only there's only three real formats. Then there's commander. There's limited. There I guess four if you want to count sealed and draft separately. Yeah, I, mean, I mean it depends on it depends on how granular you want to be. But like whether you say constructed tournament, limited tournament, commander are the three formats, or if you want to say modern, standard, pioneer. Yeah, but like, but all of that is just like, based on card availability and legality. Like, I, I, I don't like. But, like but that, the point that, is, 
yeah, yeah. The point the, is, the commander is I sit at a eight, you know, I sit with a deck that I made and I play in a tournament versus I sit at a table with three other friends and we play a format, or I sit at a pod and draft the deck. Like that's that that to me is because because or we can segment it, right? We can talk about brawl and tiny leaders and 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 oathbreaker and artisan and uh, sure uh, whatever captain <laughs> no no veto veto we don't have time to get into that um i just have to hit um, every every hot button issue this episode uh so uh, uh what i, I do idea. think it's important i unironically i do i do think it's important that commander let's say commander variants are one of the other formats you are rewarded for winning obviously there are restrictions to each format but if you win games you are successful in commander you can be successful regardless of winning or losing because the format incentivizes other endpoints or goals well so i guess two things to that one is I don't think it's always true that winning is the only incentive within 60 card or 75 card magic. And by that, I mean, I would argue that the the pro tour experience was not only the actual tournament, but was the preparation for that tournament. And that experience losing and winning isn't the goal. It's finding out what gives you the best chance of winning, which is eventually the goal for that event. But if I'm playing a game, I don't care if I lose or win. I care what making sure I'm making the best decisions I can. And I'm learning from that. Right. So I guess like, cause, cause if most people sit to a commander table and I, I'm willing to say most, I would say like, like 90% are sitting at a commander table with the incentive of trying to win that commander pod. Sure. Yeah. I'm not saying that people don't want to win. I'm saying that, in commander more than in any other format fun and winning are separate from each other does does the fact like the segmentation that it's the only and by only format we've already talked about that that's kind of not true because of all the random only format asterisk someone put it marshall put an asterisk yeah tiny leaders (laughs) uh um (laughs) only Tiny leaders incentivizes time travel. Send tweet. <laughs> oh, you want, I have I have a I have a whole time travel tweet or uh, a TikTok going on right now too. Don't uh, about why time travel is not possible. But uh, really, let me finish the sentence. I I don't think it matters that it's the only format that does it when it is over sixty percent of Magic players who are playing it. it bas- basically, it's just like it doesn't it doesn't matter that there's only one format if it's everything. Right. Like right. It, it, that, that if, if, and their, their point is they don't want it to be everything. They want other formats to exist. So they don't have to bear the weight of this. The problem, which is correct, except that they've just invented the best format of magic accidentally. Yeah. In some ways. I mean, I think modern is one of the best, like I, I realize this is a modern podcast and, 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 and I, and like, I do modern think sucks. Heard magic, here first, folks. <laughs> That is not true. Please be mean to Carson in the comments. <laughs> true, I can take it. No, um, um, but the the is definitely the most popular. It is easily one of the easiest to entree for a new player to join the format. You don't have to spend a thousand to fifteen thousand, you know, fifteen hundred dollars to get into Commander. You can spend 
now 60 previously 40 dollars <laughs> out of the box um 50 ish dollars hitting every every hot button issue uh by the way time travel issue is that if you time travel you are time traveling to a the past at a specific point in space that you're in now meaning that the earth is somewhere else and that's why you can't do it because space moves and time travel doesn't <laughs> that's true that's, this is how ADD is works you remember the random joke from earlier uh but yeah, I, I like, yeah, so, so the sub format conversation, like, I think that like the argument that this is the only format for casual people when this is more than half of magic is weightless to me. It like doesn't like, like it, it, making sure it doesn't leave that group is fine, right? Like the reason it is as successful it is, is because it's great for new players. It's great for old players. It's great for people that just want to have a good time. It is, but is the only for is the only popular multiplayer format, and if people want to play in that format, they kind of at this point have to play Commander, and the people behind Commander aren't out there really pushing sub formats, right? It's not like, in fact, every right. conversation I've ever had with everyone behind it, and I agree with this statement, is that CDH spinning off with its own ban list is a bad idea. I, I agree with that. Like it, 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 it wouldn't be a successful option but the argument they're making here is that they should do that <laughs> and it wouldn't solve any of the problems that they set out to solve Correct. except maybe that people who like empathize with cdh would be managing their corner of the format the the benefit to having cdh have its own thing is maybe fixing that tournament issue where you can now ban Kark. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. Right. Like the ban list is better for without... tournament play from an organization perspective. Yeah. But the like, yeah, I, I I don't believe that there is a reason to do that in a way that is beneficial. But if you're going to say this is the like I guess that's that's my big response, right? Is that this is the only four player format. This is a hundred percent of four player format magic. No, nothing yes. else like sub small formats that and exist i think that is uh the biggest problem with commander is that there really isn't any competition for casual or multiplayer formats like you can play like you, you can play tabletop modern but that's not sure point your deck that's like not the, the decks not that the you're intent. playing yeah like it would just be commander You'd get through it and be like, I guess I can play like, you know, I, I delved really deep in the Oathbreaker. There were a lot of cool things with Oathbreaker. One of them was by having a smaller deck size, you're able to have more direct strategies by having 20 life. You're able to be more aggressive with your strategies by having and not being multiplayer. And what is multiplayer? Oh, it is. Oathbreaker is multiplayer. Yeah. yeah. It's just, it's oh, literally okay. commander, but you have a 60 card deck. Your life total is 25. Uh, you have a planeswalker as a commander versus a creature and you get a spell that goes with it that you can only cast yeah. if your planeswalker is in play. Otherwise, it's the same as command. It's a four player multiplayer. Gotcha. Blah, blah, blah. I don't think there's there's not commander damage because you have planeswalkers because they're planeswalkers. Yeah. Yeah. Not to say a planeswalker can't attack someone. I'm a big Sarkon, uh, the masterless fan, but <laughs> um. Yeah, I like that. This is this is basically yeah. My my main kind of point is like, I think Commander can be all these things. I don't I don't know. Like I think I think Modern can too, right? I think Modern can be casual. I I am a big proponent of, you know, I'm going to build the Vivian Planebound Accomplice deck. I literally 
got a bunch oh, of the new, accomplish- the new Vivian, Vivian. birthing yeah. pod. This this deck may, may win FNMs. It's not winning a Grand Prix anytime soon. Not, oh, maybe it is. I mean, like it might be good enough, but like, yeah, definitely the the idea is like this is probably not good enough, and that's fine because I'm not trying to win a Grand Prix. I'm not trying to go to the Pro Tour. I have a new child. <laughs> I can't do that. And I'm not so, trying to go anywhere. Yeah, I'm. I am. I am. <laughs> I was sad today because I missed bath time because I had to run to the office. <laughs> um, and it's been two days in a row that's happened, and I'm actively depressed <laughs> um, i'm not trying to travel somewhere and so the like like uh, uh, if anything this podcast has always been a proponent of like casual modern is great having fun playing magic is the important part of magic and mm-hmm. there are other podcasts you can go listen to if you want the top tips on the best performing deck in modern every week so that you can win a tournament and get better at it most of them don't last very long i think partially because that just is a grind to talk about that where there's a lot of other cool stuff you can do in this format and you can do that right we do have episodes about that pretty regularly so you have all these options for it i think you just like i I think you want if commander is going to be not not if because it is commander is the largest most played format in magic it is the most popular way you can play this game um it is the only multiplayer format is one of the three main formats of magic which is my next part of the thesis (laughs) and it's like a disagreement right i don't think i don't if you're just going to say commander is is the only casual facing one then i get to say that legacy modern standard and pioneer are all the same format in that same framework and does commander need those segmentations? I do think so, but I don't think it needs to be by card availability lines, right? I think there's different ways to do that. I think that's one of the grand greatness of CDH and why I wish. And not I wish, cause I think this is happening, but they, they deserve to be heralded as a like good job for creating a segmentation that people can follow the framework and know what they're doing ahead of time. And we need that for all of the other corners. And I think that's the solution more than a coming up with separate formats. Right. Uh, 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 I think like, honestly, I think Oathbreaker's biggest mistake is changing its ban list from the commander ban list. They unbanned primeval Titan and the green blue, uh, guy profit of crucifix profits of crucifix that, you know, they unbanned those two cards, which means that my deck can no longer be backwards compatible. I was able to live in this world where I had four decks that were all Oathbreaker decks that were very easily turned into commander decks. And just depending on who I was playing with, I just like had the Oathbreaker cards upside down or the cards that weren't in the Oathbreaker deck upside down and would just take them out in those games by unbanning cards. Those are no longer backwards compatible, which for me kills the format as an easy access point. And I think commander can do that. I think there's ways to play in this space. And that I guess is the other thing that like, I've ruminated over recently is there's this attitude in magic and this happens everywhere, right? This happened with frontier where you belittle upstart formats. Do you know, right. kind of like, like it, we did it already. We did it in this podcast. We left the tiny leaders existing. <laughs> um, and I think, I think those formats are magical. I love that tiny leaders happened. I love that tiny leaders caused Leovold to be created and then eventually banned. And I'm glad that no one plays. I'm not glad no one plays tiny leaders, but it's, it's fine that that format existed for six months. It's cool. Oh, yeah. To be fair, I was laughing at you uh, referencing a mostly dead format. 
Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that is, well, that that the, is the butt yeah, of the yeah, joke, yeah, yeah. is that tiny leaders functionally uh, does not exist anymore. Right, right. And, but I think, I think like there will, that's the beauty of magic. There will always be these sub formats and people take to them yes. like, no, no, this format is a joke because it's not ever going to try and be commander. It's never going to be standard. And I'm always like, just have, just try it, try it. Most formats are cheap to enter, especially the singleton ones. It's like, you don't need that many cards to have one of each card. And like, you yeah. can put together something that makes sense off of your collection. Like I love Oathbreaker. I love artisan. I love, um, I loved frontier. I thought that was a really cool micro format. I loved the silver border era of commander when unglued came out, right? Like I think there's cool ways to play in these spaces and we would be better off championing these segmented formats than, Oh yeah. Big agree. Uh, then kind of the classic where they come like, they become the like, haha MTG finance joke that can happen out there. And I think that's, that's the next, like the last piece of this episode for me is that like, the solution to this problem is not saying, hey, commander shouldn't be the home of pro players, wizards, which like wizards should be supporting pro play more, right? Like all these command fests yes. should be be magic fests. They should have just brought magic fests back, have them not be Grand Prix centered and have them just be really cool magic conventions around the world. Um, yep. There should like be what we thought they were going to be right before COVID and then the pandemic happened. And now we don't. Now we have command fests again yeah, yeah, and nothing else. And like, I think that like the dream hack stuff is really cool. I think that the fact that we're getting a PTQ system back and stores are going to be able to r start running regional PTQ qualifiers is all amazing. I just wish we like also recognize that like commander is a different game than that. And it's not that players that like, I don't think that coming back is going to lessen the amount of players that want to play commander. Cause you get a, I, it's never for me. I've played modern and commander forever. I've played them both for the same amount of time, equal amounts. I've had decks for both. I love both formats greatly. They scratch totally different itches in the back of my brain. And CDH doesn't scratch the modern itch either. It's not like me playing commander at the most competitive level is like, oh, yes. Now I don't feel like I want to go run a tournament of modern. It's <laughs> it's they're different. It's a different game. And I don't yep. I think that like. Yeah, I don't know. And I think they're both in great, like, I think they're in great positions. I think this new announcement is great. There's things that I would tweak and Command Fest's being a big part of it. The wild card cost on Arena is silly. <laughs> and with its employees Hot take, wild, card, wild cards are fairly costed. Add me in the comments. Is that a real hot take? <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> All right. I think that's that's it for today's episode. Uh, thank you so much, Carson, for joining. I, this is a, a little bit of a mess of a Twitter discourse <laughs> experience, uh, but uh, it was great having you. Well, where can people find you on the Internet? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at CMassive13, or you can find me uh, helping manage some of your favorite content creator Discord spaces. From the, from the RC to... Uh, uh, the rules committee, Olivia Gobert Hicks. Uh, I don't think I'm in the MM cast discord. Um, recently, uh, to community college discord. If you're looking for a, a cool place to like play some webcam magic, uh, prof recently opened up his discord looking for game stuff. Um, you don't it's really great. To... It's a great place. I would bet we could get prof to open up modern tables as well. In fact, Oh, yeah, he it's are, actively there, right? open for anybody who wants to play any kind of magic is welcome to play whatever format you want. If you want to play modern, if you want to play pioneer, uh, oh, if yeah. 
if you can find someone else who wants to play tiny leaders with there's you. a fringe format <laughs> section so it, that exists <laughs> perfect um, place for modern <laughs> um all right thank you so much and thank you uh channel fireball ultra pro ultra sleeves uh and all of our sponsors and and beetle and grim for the awesome kamigawa backpack uh and all of the swag inside of it uh and make sure to follow us on twitter instagram hit that subscribe and like button and we will talk to you next week this has been a